0: Welcome, Salomon. Thank you. So, I really am waiting for the co-host, but we can talk in the meantime. Um, yeah. So, you
1: get any questions?
0: Yeah, so what brought, what, um, interested you in this space?
1: At first, uh, I'd like to say that I can speak three languages. So, yeah, this topic is, for me, is important. So, the answer for... Your question, which is in the title, would be, in my opinion, is yes. See,
0: this this might be a very short conversation, because my opinion is also yes.
1: I can speak Arabic, and I can speak Kurdish, and I started learning English language two years ago. I'm doing the PhD in Swansea University. I will be doing the PhD Uh after two weeks in linguistics.
0: Nice! Where in the world are you right now?
1: Um, the UK. I'm I'm originally from Saudi Arabia, half Saudi Arabian, half Egyptian. So my father is from Saudi and my mother is from Egypt.
0: Great. So um my co-host Tiara just came on. She's speaking spades. And I already asked would you mind if you put yourself on um mute when you're not speaking, Salman? There's just like a feedback. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um Tiara, would you like to explain what um what happened last week with this for this to be the discussion for this week
2: well last week we had two meetings last week right and the first one we talked a little bit about um, is it possible for adults to be fluent in another language and we were talking about this article that was floating around twitter for a little bit, and it was basically saying that if you learn another language, then even if you're bilingual and you speak two languages, then you're never native, you're never a native, you're never considered a native speaker in either language, or it was something like that, but the article was a little, mm, there were good points and bad points, or mainly bad points, and so we decided to talk about it this week, I think I got it right, right? That's how it started? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And hello to the speaker. (laughs) Is it okay to say Salman? Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that's how we came up with this topic. And my name is Tiara. I'm the creator of Speak in Spades. My picture doesn't look like two people talking. Um, I promise it's a little different. (laughs) But this is my... Uh, profile for the brand that I started recently, so Amy, did you already introduce yourself?
0: Not really, we basically just went through the entire topic without you ha <laughs> ha because both oh. of us both of us are like, but of course, adults can be fluent in another language uh Simon right. could you could you please uh introduce yourself to tiara? <sighs>
1: Uh, yeah, my name is Salman. I can speak uh, three languages. Uh, I'm, doing the, uh, I'm doing the PhD in linguistics in Swansea University in the UK. Um, half Saudi Arabian, half Egyptian. Yeah, I can speak Arabic, Kurdish. And I've started recently learning English language two years ago. And you, s-
0: you said that you're father's, um, Saudi, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So, did you speak mostly Arabic when you were a child?
2: Yep. That's really interesting. And you're a PhD student in linguistics. What uh, field or what's your special topic, if you don't mind? Yeah, I will. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, you start... I hear you. I will start the PhD like within two weeks from now. It will be probably about the three languages, Arabic and English and Kurdish.
2: That's awesome. So when you, I'm guessing you have a master's then now, or are you just studying straight through to the PhD?
1: I changed the MA in Swan University. Mm-hmm.
2: The full time
1: awesome. one. Yeah.
2: What have been some of your favorite courses in in college or university?
1: The um, the, the one that was about the capitals, Tradus and mimosas, and advanced translation from Arabic into Kurdish and the opposite uh, foundation of translation and uh, interpretation. Yeah,
2: that's That's it. And do you know what you want to do with your PhD when you finish? Are you going to consider being a professor or what field are you most excited about?
1: Uh, After the PhD, I would retire doing anything because um, I'm this <laughs> tired of study. Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm 25. Years, so, I never stopped studying since I was 6 wow. years old.
2: You're the same age as me. I didn't go to really? school. Yeah, I didn't do a master's or PhD yet, but I'm considering doing a master's program and a couple of them seem interesting. I was interested in oh. uh, I was interested in documenting dying languages, uh, smaller languages where there's less than 500 native speakers. So it was really cool to do that kind of research and catch some languages and cultures before uh, one of the big 25 or big 50 take over. And so, it's always interesting to see linguistics majors and minors come together. Even, Amy, wasn't it last week we had most of the people in our group were linguistics majors or minors, right?
0: Yes, I mean, it's more interesting, like, there's not very many linguistic and learning spaces that aren't just English corners. I'm trying to change that. Um, Welcome to the new people in the room. Uh, We this room was vaguely about there was a there was a tweet last week about how if you even if you're a native speaker if you speak more than one language you will never have like the depth or breadth of vocabulary as a native single monolingual speaker and uh, it was a conversation that went a little overboard so we we decided to just push that punt that off to this week so um, everyone's welcome to request the mic and come up here and tell us about yourselves
2: I think that was an interesting I mean not interesting that was a great introduction that's what I meant and I had had a few questions kind of based off of last week's topic So I guess the first question for both of our speakers for now and again, if you wanna join, just please join. We like more voices, but what counts as a native speaker? What is a native speaker? Some people believe that you absolutely had to be born into speaking this language. Some people believe that if you've been speaking it uh, before or at a certain age, then you could consider it that, or what is native? I guess is the question for either one of you
0: yeah well for me I always assumed it was just like before puberty so like um even if it was like I I went there when I was six and you went through the entire like primary school in the your that mother tongue and they didn't speak anything else at home then it, i think that would be like native speaking um it's just like i believe that if you try super hard and you do wish to make your vocabulary and everything and, and you immerse yourself enough you can reach pretty much like native fluency no matter where you are in your life but like for it to be your mother tongue I think it probably would have to be like I don't know I wouldn't want to put any any um I don't want to discourage anybody right so it it depends on your own um your own comfort with it because people can like it's In my experience like uh, if your parents speak the language they never teach you how to speak it you can listen understand everything you just can't speak it and that's an interesting phenomenon too
2: yeah and I think you bring up a really good point I guess even to make my question more clear you brought up the mother tongue too so I guess mother tongue is, well not I guess mother tongue is the first language you speak with yeah sure Salman go for it yeah for me
1: the native language is the language that uh, you acquire so if you learn any like if, if you I don't know how to explain this but the language that you acquire is the native language but if you learn the language then this is not your native language that's really I, I don't know if my idea is clear or not but...
2: no that's clear and so kind of jumping back to the native speaker a native i mean having a native language and having a mother tongue I guess these three concepts for us to like kind of talk more about my other questions, let's define them now so this way other future listeners can also understand what we're talking about before we get into some of my other questions. So I guess from here, what's the difference from a language being your native language and being a native level speaker in a language? because I believe there will be a difference as we're talking about being fluent in another language too. It's hard to, to, be,
1: to, to reach that level, I mean to be native in, in a language that we did not acquire.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's you know a lot of things that I want to address in this uh talk are related to what does fluent mean, and when we talk about adults becoming fluent or becoming like a native speaker, and even in the past week, I've seen there was a post there was a person who I really loved the post it was talking about how. They didn't really care about being A2 or B2 or C1 or C2 because the labels kind of uh, don't tell you as much about what you're capable of doing it just tells you you passed a test or you believe you're at this level based off of what you have but I mean, there's so many ways to go about being fluent. And one of the things we'll talk about later is what does fluent mean to you? But a lot of people believe that fluent is tied to being close to a native speaker or reaching native fluency, which you see all the time on all social media and in videos. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. And what are your thoughts on, you know, how do you what's the difference between, being a native speaker and reaching native fluency and how hard is it and what are some steps people can take to reach this big goal if it is possible
0: I think it's more possible to reach like native fluency in specific topics so like if you're really really into cars you can really hammer in and study cars and and if you learn all the vocabulary and and you know like all of the memes and like everything about cars you can talk at at a native level about cars and and cars is just one example but it's it's just like I believe there will be gaps where even native speakers like I don't have a scientific background, so if I'm talking to someone like a neurosurgeon and they say some things, I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's totally fine.
2: Would you like to add anything, Solomon? Or if not, then that's okay but i love what you're bringing up because even talking about like getting really good or becoming more advanced in certain topics is an important way to view fluency too and even reaching the level of like okay i want to talk about this this and this in this language and getting really good at those topics versus believing that you can be fluent in everything right away whatever this word fluent means to them or whatever fluent means to even us right and so one thing that I come back to again is even as you're saying native like what does the word native mean because you mentioned it a little bit Amy
0: yeah like to me, it's kind of, it, it sounds kind of dumb, but it's basically having exposure to the culture to get some of, like, the regional and national, like, in-jokes that it's just really hard, like, to pick up all of the idioms and all of the things that, like, don't, especially English. English is terrible. Sorry, it just is. But, like, we have things that don't mean what they mean on paper. Like, if you just looked at the different words, you're like, "Uh uh-huh. But but then someone explains to you, and you're like, oh, well, that's a a very imaginative way of of putting that. (laughs) Thank you. I was very lost in that conversation.
2: Okay. So, for me... Maybe native is some, like, combination of being exposed to the culture and the language at an earlier age or enough where you're able to pick up the nuances or the little parts of language that can't be explained in a textbook or can't be explained in a classroom. And native can also mean something that is... hmm, something that becomes like second nature to you and i guess like these two meanings together can make this concept of native a lot of people want to reach a point where they don't have to think about the grammar being right or wrong or they don't have to think about the words they want to use to express themselves right away and they believe that it's connected with this word native fluency And I guess it's really cool for us to talk about becoming fluent in another language because we almost can't talk about the word fluent unless we address this issue of what is being a native-level speaker because I saw it a lot in the past couple of weeks on Language Twitter, too. And so, I mean, if you have anything to add, Salman, please go ahead because my next question is going to be different.
1: For me, being native does not mean... Uh, fluency in the language because uh, two weeks ago i had a pre-course in advanced uh, grammar and i noticed that uh, most of the students are native speakers so they were studying grammar though they were english speakers so fluency uh, uh, does not mean that you have to be native speaker
2: And that is so perfect for what my next question is. So what are the differences between reaching native fluency? And I'm just going to use it for now. What's the difference between using, I mean, being native fluent and being fluent in another language? What do we think these two concepts mean for us as language learners? Can we continue with the question? Mhm so a lot of people want to reach native fluency but what do you think the difference would be between native fluency and fluency so just without the native part i guess
1: fluency is when you're aware of all the elements of the language grammar pronunciation uh, phonology and uh, yeah but being native does not is not uh, is not equal to fluency.
0: That's what I. Yeah. So like, native is really just like you're kind of born into it. But I do still believe that if you're like, you know, below five or six, it's still possible for you to be, at a native, like consider yourself to be a native speaker. Because you're already, um, like, you're learning language for the first time still. So, it, it's interesting to me because it, it's something a little bit individual. Because I'm not going to tell someone that moved to a different country at three years old that they're not a native speaker of, you know, of that country. Because they've been speaking it since they were three. So, if they feel like they're native, then they're native.
2: And you know, this kind of comes with one of the topics me and Amy discussed before with connecting language and culture. Because, as she's saying, like, even if the speaker grew up with it starting from three and might not be able to speak it, if they claim that they are native, like, this is one of those issues where culture and language can't be separated. And I also believe that the person themselves might also feel more attached to the culture and their experiences, being surrounded by the language a little bit more than being considered a native speaker. They could be a native listener. There, even the skills that Salman addressed too, like being fluent, means like being able to um, understand the phonology, the syntax, the. Uh, Just in general, the morphology, different parts of language as a whole, and being able to connect those in order to understand what other people are communicating. Right. But fluency even has different layers between the big four that we study as adults for listening, reading, writing and speaking. So a lot of people think about native fluency as being able to speak, but there are other skills that we have to build and maybe some people are more passive they have more passive skills like the reading or listening and those two things might make them feel comfortable to say that they're fluent in this way versus the people who are more active or have more of an output fluency too which i mean of course you would need a little bit of the other two if you focus on one set but for example a lot of people who take exams that i mean language exams they might not need to focus as much on the speaking or writing part of it. I know for the Korean exam, at certain levels, you don't have to do a writing section or you don't have to get tested on speaking. You just, I think even for the highest level exam, you don't work on, you don't get tested on the speaking part at all. You focus on the other three. So if a person is taking that exam and they're able to pass, they've reached some level of fluency even if they've never spoken a word and it's just really cool because this word fluent should it be separated for each skill is that something that we can agree with like it should be separated to reading fluency writing fluency speaking fluency what's the fourth one listening fluency what do you think about that or what other ways can we express being fluent in another language Should I say the question again?
0: No, I was curious. Salma, do you have any um, opinions on this before I go?
2: For me or for Salma?
0: For Salma. Okay, we got yeah. a peace sign, so...
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you want to add any... Do you want to talk first, Salma? No, oh, go ahead, Okay, okay. <laughs> we
0: didn't know what the peace sign was. <laughs> okay. Peace, I have nothing to add. Okay, so sorry if you feel like we're grilling you. It's just that we always get very excited if someone wants to come. Um, anybody in the audience that wants to request, we can also accommodate that. Um, but I think that's why the, like the, um, the testing has come around. I think it's fair as an adult if you don't have, like, if it's not required for your job or, like, if you just, like, it's okay to be stronger in a certain area if you like it more. You know? Like, I enjoy reading and writing, so it's okay if I just don't like to speak.
2: That's 100% true because there are some languages that I have been interested in before, and I'm not exactly interested in reaching fluency in the sense that I have all four skills and I've reached B2, C1 level in it. I love French, and I i mean, actually, I have a love-hate relationship with French, because um, I also learned, my first experiences with learning French were from being in a high school with a bunch of people from Haiti, and so I spoke Creole, and they have a lot of similarities to French, and so when I started learning French later on in life, because I I really liked French music at that time, and I couldn't understand some of the sound changes and some of the differences and similarities between Haitian Creole and French, but I love listening to the music, so I don't mind spending hours translating a song and trying to sing it out loud, or, you know, I like the listening and studying aspect of French. Can I speak it? Maybe not. But maybe the person I'm speaking to can't sing the 100 songs I spent five years studying, you know? So do I lose the right to say that I'm fluent? in that way like i could say hey you know i understand songs and i i understand some of the concepts of grammar because of my studying but i might not be able to communicate with yeah what a up, voice message but That's i could good, send salmon. text messages just fine because of this experience or i'm okay with doing Where's some writing exercises Ooh, yeah salmon what's Hello? good dude yeah bro how you doing Oh. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sorry i was so nervous i was just like salmon i i ate eggs for breakfast i i called you Solomon, so i was like <laughs> sorry is
0: should Thank i re- should i let him back up as speaker or um
2: i I'm just sorry hello you He's my
1: friend.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: that's great. Sorry, that's great. he came
0: in a little Did bit loud. I'm, I'm sorry.
2: You know what? If he's excited to be here, then that's a great thing. <laughs> I was just thrown off because salmon. I was like, what? How does he know what I want for dinner? I didn't think it was you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sorry. I, like, there's usually a, a little bit of a, um, courtesy, like, don't speak until you're spoken t- it's yeah sorry um yeah so
1: no worries but do you think that when it comes to learning a new language age is more like when you learn a new language in early ages it's easier than you know when you reach 18 and nineteen twenties. hmm
2: so this is getting yeah this is getting closer to the main question for today and i mean in my personal opinion i think that it gives you a head start it doesn't guarantee that you'll be fluent in the future or like it doesn't give you a hundred percent of an advantage um to an adult, because again, there's different ways that adults learn and there's different ways that children learn. Some people believe that the passive learning is what makes the younger, uh, makes younger people able to learn a language faster than adults, but it also just depends on the motivation And a lot of the research that I've looked into when it comes to this topic, they're related to, okay, putting this kid in an environment that's completely surrounded by another language. And it's possible if you're surrounded by that, even as an adult, because your motivation to be surrounded by another language and not understand anything will force you to reach a level of fluency that you probably wouldn't have had if you were younger, like maybe teenage level and in the same situation, and you had a smartphone, you know, yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah, uh, I read in a book
1: that uh, a child is, 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 uh, your brain is more like a sponge that pulls everything, but when he grows up, then he loses this ability. The book was about, uh, you know, language acquisition. So that's why I asked my question. So,
2: yes. so I know exactly what you're talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure, Amy, go for it.
0: So about a decade ago, that was the prevailing theory, was that after puberty, like, your, the hormones make everything in your brain more permanent and your brain has fully formed... And so you cannot actually learn languages as effectively and therefore you can never actually be fluent because you're an adult. But there have been studies since then and they're like, no, actually, adults can be fluent. It's just that we do not have the time that children have to devote to language learning. And, Tira, I do. and uh,
2: just Oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> but I'd just like to add that um, this article kind of goes on the theory that the it's not exactly just connected to language or linguistics, but they're kind of using this, like, oh, the brain is more like a sponge when you're a kid, and when you're an adult, uh, that sponge aspect is getting, I mean, it's, we lose that And it's not just for language, they use it for like, how much information a baby can handle, not just language, but they used it for the language aspect. And so what we find is that it's, even though a baby has this sponge element to their brain, it's not just targeted for language, it's targeted for survival skills or just understanding the environment around them and so that's the element that makes them more able to adjust or adapt later on in life if they choose to study this language or if they choose to i don't know if they have watched their parents um like do stuff at home repeatedly every day they might understand how to do that a bit faster than someone who didn't have parents doing that every day when they were young i It's not just related to language, but in that reading, because I had to do that too in linguistics class, they make it seem like this is the way that children have an advantage over adults. It's not necessarily the brain. It's, again, the environment and what they need that, I mean, what they need language for in that environment. Again, if they hear it a lot in the house but they don't have enough opportunities to speak it but then outside of the house they don't hear it as much and they're using another language they're in just about the same position as an adult who's studying the language and the difference would be their motivation in the end like if they're able to reach fluency so that's a part yes. of the theory Could you- yeah, go for it. Or no. That works too. You know? But yeah, so that's a part of the newer theory, and also, just in my personal opinion, all of the articles that I've read from college or university, hopefully they've changed and they've updated it because more people have done theses on this kind of topic, but again for language and reaching fluency it's based on environment and practice and motivation those three things together tend to tell what level of fluency if we are going by levels or like how much of a language a person can absorb at any age uh, kids don't think about the motivation aspect but they have one in the sense that if they really want an apple or if they really want to go to the bathroom or later on in life if they need to express themselves between the ages of zero to five to another adult then they, that's when that need to use the skills that they've been exposed to come to light and that's how they're able to solidify what they've been exposed to. Um, So there's that aspect of, it's not about the brain being a sponge, but some linguists truly believe that that aspect alone is what separates kids from adults. It's just not true. It's a lot more of a social aspect to language acquisition than just, oh, I heard it and now I can speak it, because it takes practice. I hope it helped.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: I mean, you're doing pretty well. You, you've you only been learning English for two years. What?
2: Wait from... a second, really? Yeah. What?
1: So then, the rest the, we didn't use English. Oh, my God, are either Arabic or Kurdish. One more time? Uh, My teachers in the universities Mm -hmm. are either Arabic speakers or Kurdish speakers. So the language we use is not English.
0: Even though you're in the UK studying?
1: Yeah, Arabic department, yeah, Kurdish department.
2: Insane. Well, I learn something new every day. Incredible.
1: Yeah, but for me, I would say English language is the easiest language compared to Arabic or Kurdish. What helped me a lot to learn Kurdish language was not motivation, but is the relationship that I had with a Kurdish girl. So yeah, after like period of time of speaking Kurdish, I found myself I can. I can speak kurdish i wouldn't say that i'm fluent like in speaking kurdish but yeah i can survive my kurdish language is very good not excellent but very good
2: and i would believe that there is such a thing as survival fluency like i could get by and that kind of goes into my theory that well not my theory Other people have this theory, too. But there is a need to separate what fluency means based on this motivation that I talk about a lot. So basically, motivation is like, what skills do I need to build to communicate and or understand my environment in this situation? So survival fluency, I would like to claim that I have that for Korean, for example, because I'm in Korea. And if I need to do certain things on my own, I can. And those survival skills are things that, you know, other speakers might believe that I speak well enough, like they wouldn't think, oh, well, she needs a lot of help, like I could do it on my own in a lot of situations. But am I able to have a social conversation for two hours about the economy and politics? Maybe not. Um, but there, there are levels to fluency. Like, I don't think that fluency is just one uh, set standard for did you reach it or not. I think it, it is kind of like Amy said, it's based on different topics that you've, uh, I mean, topics you're interested in or topics that you needed to build skills in. And so I would say that you have survival fluency, which is, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but I mean, I have
0: it, so if I have it, you have it. <laughs> so I would say for me, like, it's convenient when you can use someone else's, um, like, their metrics for whatever fluency is. But I also am kind of burned out, and I'm like, I, like, I feel like sometimes it's a, an elitist thing, like, trying to exclude someone else because they don't have that level of fluency or just like uh, like being a gatekeeper to fluency, I just don't appreciate that. But like for me, it's like my level of fluency I'm okay with because I put in the effort that I can and I'm gonna learn the things that I want to and that'll just have to be good enough.
1: Um, if, if fluency means like perfect, and I don't think anyone can be perfect like in any language. (laughs) Let's take uh, the IELTS exam uh, as uh, an example. i never heard of anyone who got 10 out of 10 in the IELTS, isn't it? I'm not sure about this, but I've heard that the native speakers, they got 9 out of 10 in the IELTS.
0: Yeah, I mean... There are people that spend, like, all... Like, I'm pretty sure you could,
3: but...
1: on some techniques, and yeah. Because the IELTS is more like a game. I don't know how, but... Especially the reading task.
0: Yeah, I think that's what the, the original article was trying to get at, that, like, someone that only speaks one language and then dives super deep, like, if they're an English major and they study the root of English or, like, whatever the native language is, and they just become, like, super fluent. Someone that's been studying more than one language, they just won't have, like, the, the depth and the breadth that so, as someone that just really hammers into the one language. But I also don't think it's true because I don't, like, I don't know anybody that... Um, that has that level of fluency that they're not also like they don't have the same level of, of native language if they have if they're multilingual like that.
2: It's basically separating the extreme nerds from the people who are just like, hey, I this is the only language I speak. And um, both of them taking the test, there's gonna be an obvious winner, right? <laughs> but no. So again, one of the reasons why I like breaking down the word fluent is because of what both of you are touching at, and it's kind of the point of all of my questions from this talk so far. Basically, fluency isn't something that's out of reach, there are different layers to the word fluent. What does fluent mean to you? Which, you know, towards the very end of this talk, both of us will talk about our platforms, but you know, my platform really kind of tackles this issue. There's different layers to this word fluency and it shouldn't be scary. It should almost, I mean, in the future, I hope it becomes one way to express your skills without it being, I'm A2, I'm B1. Because again, it doesn't tell you as much about what you can do or what you have studied or where you would be able to show your strengths in a language as much as you can with the word fluent. And these days, the word fluent has become the end goal, right? But it doesn't have to be. And kind of like what Amy says, like, I don't like the hierarchy aspect of, you know, showing what level fluency you are with the way that systems are set up right now. Like a lot of people, when they introduce themselves again on Twitter or even on Facebook, they're like, I'm at B2 this level, A1 this level, but... If someone tries to practice with them, maybe they, like, they're not able to express themselves in that specific topic, and the other person's like, ah, you're not really B2, or you're not really A1, and it's just, you know it's a little upsetting to see it's an upsetting thing to hear and a lot of people are like how do i break the intermediate barrier or how do i get past the level that i'm in right now and one way to do that is to reconsider what fluency means and really find those skills that you want to develop break them down and say okay i want to be be fluent in this sense by this time create goals from it to make this word not as scary as it as it is, as it sounds, because of the way we've changed the meaning, I guess. Just being able to reach a level of fluency, just keeping it broad without, like, different, um, I mean, different branches in this big umbrella, make it difficult for people to answer, can adults become fluent in another language? Because people think of it as this impossible goal years down the line. Instead of something that you can reach with studying and patience in certain topics, or if you do want to do everything, then it's there's ways to get different levels of fluency in the process of reaching that ultimate goal years down the line. I don't know if it makes sense. But for example, like I said, I have survival fluency in Korean, or I have maybe teaching fluency in Korean in the sense that I've been teaching in a classroom for three years and sometimes I was alone for 45 minutes. I have a co-teacher who helps me as kind of like the translator between English and Korean to make sure that the students understand me. But some days the teachers are like, hey, I'm busy. I'm going to be in the office. You're on your own. And I am able to teach them by myself. I can make PowerPoints, I can give them the rule, like give them commands in Korean, or if they need certain things in the school, I understand. I can communicate with my co-workers, like the principal, the vice principal, or just teachers in other subjects, if they need anything from me, and I think that's fluency in a way. And so it tells a little bit more about myself and what I'm able to communicate if instead of saying I'm an A2 Korean speaker, I can say I have teaching, I have teachings fluency, I have survival fluency, I have uh, going to the doctor's office fluency, I have making phone calls fluency. Like, I want it to be a less scary word. And I want it to be a word that's not considered like just I'm C1, C2. You know, I don't know if that makes sense.
0: So, kind of off topic, but not really. Uh, Salman, what is your favorite ways to study?
1: Uh, I would say engaging with people, talking with people, especially the native speakers. I'm a social person, so I have so many friends from the whole world. This helped me a lot. Cause you know every language in the world, so if you don't practice the language then you lose it. This is the golden rule that I that I'm following. Use it or you're gonna lose it.
2: Yes, yeah, that's a <laughs> go for it, Amy.
0: I was just going to say that there was actually a, a linguistics theory that extroverts learn languages quicker and better than non-extroverts but it just depends on like because I'm an introvert so I'm like no that's not correct but it's more like I extroverts are better at speaking introverts might be better at reading um but I'm really glad that you found a system that you like to talk to people and you and uh obviously you've been doing really well because you've only been learning English for two years and you're very, very understandable, so. Um. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah i just like to say it's amazing to, like, I'm talking naturally and it seems you understand me, which, you know, two years is something that I keep thinking about and I'm like, it's amazing. Maybe next week we can also talk about does... language learning get easier with each language you learn I don't know how to make that a shorter sentence but I think that's something that's cool too because this is his third language and in two years he's been able to get to this level and on top of that he says this is the easiest of the three (laughs) which you know wow that's just that's great because I think that English is hard yeah yeah
1: but english uh, for me like english language is easy so that could help me yeah but because when you compare like between korean and korean language and english i believe that there are some uh, uh i don't know uh, phonetics phonology so there are the difference between english and korea is that korean language has so many sounds and voice that are really hard to to pronounce compared to English.
2: Yeah, you're right. And so far the most difficult thing has been the grammar. So many layers of politeness or so many... Even the sentence structure is different from English, you know? So it's almost a different way of thinking in every sense. But, oh, hello, speaker. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what? So yeah. I heard that if you can speak Arabic and
1: you can speak uh, English, then you have 50% of Spanish language. So I'm planning to to learn Spanish in the future after I master the English language, for sure.
2: Well, you know, for sure, I am studying Spanish. Uh, Spanish is one of those languages where... I wouldn't know if I would consider myself a, like, if this would be one of those native level things, but I've been exposed to it since I was young. I I've, I've spoke it quite well up until high school, and then, like you said, if you don't practice, if you don't use it, you lose it, and between high school and college, I studied different languages, and so I slowly lost my speaking skills in Spanish, but that's something that I'm hoping to build again. And so, well, not hoping to build, I've been working on it, and so far so good, but as far as listening or reading or even, like, watching movies, I've watched a movie in Spanish with Korean subtitles, and I understood the Spanish movie, and the Korean subtitles helped me sometimes when I couldn't understand the Spanish words, which, that was an out-of-body experience, because... My boyfriend is Korean and I speak English, and then we watched a Spanish movie with Korean subtitles, and it was interesting. So, I long story short, I'd love to like work with you or just in general, like practice if you do go on that journey in the next couple of years. But yeah, we have a new speaker. Introduce yourself if you'd like Tuna Fish. I don't want to say. <laughs> Is there another name for tuna fish? Or if you like tuna fish, that's fine. We have salmon, we have tuna fish.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nice
3: to meet you.
2: Nice to meet yeah. you, too. How are Nice to meet you. What's your name?
3: <laughs> uh... Real name?
2: Whatever name you want.
3: Uh, I, I guess, uh, Tuna Fish. Please call okay. me Tuna.
2: Alrighty, I like it. Nice to meet you, Tuna Fish. Um, <laughs> nice your you. profile picture is a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most interesting, uh, speakers I've had in the past month. Thank you. <laughs>
0: In the browser, it says maguro.
3: Yeah, maguro. In Japanese, maguro.
2: Ah, okay. But he wants to be tuna fish. They want to be tuna fish. Let them be tuna fish, please.
0: Okay, (laughs) tuna.
2: (laughs) Actually, okay. By the way,
1: my name is, is a Persian name. It means peace. Wow. I actually have probably half Egyptian. My name is Persian.
2: That's a really nice name. See, I really this is well, going like we're off topic but at the same time this is a real story. Um one of the names that it's I know the meaning of it, but it sounds nice is Tuna. Like, it sounds nice. Like, wouldn't it be a nice name for either a baby or even for a pet? So I thought about naming my dog Tuna, and my dad laughed at me. Of course, I know what Tuna means, but it's really interesting to see Tuna Fish here. So on the one hand, it was like, wow, but I like saying the word Tuna. Don't you? If you say it, it sounds nice. But okay, that's my weird fun fact That I'll probably put on my profile after this conversation.
0: Yeah, I have a friend, a real life friend, whose name is Salman, and I always mess up his name too. For like two years, I called him Salmon, and he was like, finally, he was just like, um, that's not how you say my name.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But Salman is a nice name, it even sounds nice. My name is Tiara or Tiara. And it means crown. If it was spelled another way, it would mean earth. But it means crown. But my little sister's name is Tiana. And then Disney came out with the princess called Tiana. And um, yeah, it was always a battle. Which came first, the crown or the princess? So that's another fun story for a different day. I'm going to cry in a corner now.
0: Yeah, my parents always told me that they named me after a dog that they hated, they, but they liked the name. <laughs> so, if any- yeah,
2: so we well, Tuna, you came in pretty much at almost the end of our conversation, unless, you know you can introduce yourself, talk about anything. We love making these spaces to just, you know just free talking, I guess. Okay, thank you. Uh
3: uh, uh, so, <laughs> uh, I am so nervous, so...
2: Don't be uh, nervous, don't worry, we're just, we're, we're all nerds, I don't know if it helps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
3: Uh, so, have you ever been to Japan?
2: I have a question. <laughs> I really, really want to go to Japan and it's so sad because I'm in South Korea right now and oh. for three years I've been in South Korea and you know before corona I was here for uh. one year and I wanted to go to Japan before the Olympics and then corona hit and so I'm right here <laughs> and I can't I had some friends, and
1: they taught me some uh, expressions and vocabularies in Japanese language, but yeah, I forgot something.
2: <laughs> and I have at least six apps for learning Japanese, so I remember some phrases. I can barely introduce myself in Japanese, and I remember the numbers. It's interesting.
0: How do you do Um So I lived in Japan for two months and then I visited two years later for two months and what happened was um, I had just finished my first year teaching in China and my friend had graduated from her master's degree when she was studying in Japan so she was fluent speaking Japanese and I was really good at reading Japanese so we just traveled together um, all the way up to Hokkaido we took a ferry down to um, Nagoya, and then we traveled back up to Tokyo. So, like, I, <laughs> I like Japan, I like Japanese. Um, let's be friends.
2: He's speechless. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You lived my dream, Amy <laughs> But yeah no, so it's really cool because I want to go to Japan and I'm right here and hopefully I could go to Japan this summer, but if not, I will have to spend a lot of money on a plane ticket from America to Japan.
0: <laughs> you can every once in a while get them for like $500 round trip from DC. So the next time that's a thing I'll let you know. Um so oh, wow. we're about to end this space, but we do have we are going to do another space tomorrow in 11 hours that is an English conversation corner where we'll ask you questions and it'll be English conversation centric. So
2: yeah, if you're interested in practicing English or if you just want to talk with us again, we usually have two Twitter spaces every week. Um, so the next space is in 11 hours. but if you can't make it, then next week around this time, we have another um, another Twitter space for a language learning question so this talk is once a week for a question for linguistics or language learning or questions about like maybe language learning questions just anything about the language topic and then in the mornings in u.s time but it's usually night time for me and you tuna but at night we have an english conversation that's just like we answer, we ask and answer questions, and it's perfect if you're practicing English or just want to talk about random stuff with random people. So I liked last week's conversation. So please join. Talk about what? Practicing speaking. Yeah. So oh, Amy is amazing, and she had some questions. Like just some of the questions are like get to know you questions or would you rather questions, I guess or what's an example of one of the questions from last week Amy
0: it's stuff like um, would you rather oh so what language do you like to listen to even if you don't understand the language
1: Spanish I would say
2: yeah for me actually it's Arabic <laughs> really Yeah, I I don't (laughs) understand it at all but it just sounds so nice like I already know Spanish but Arabic sounds just like I feel like Arabic sounds a little more romantic than Spanish but that might be because I haven't practiced Arabic and I want to in the next 10 years but yeah Uh, uh, Arabic uh, uh, it depends on the dialect so
1: a they speak in Egypt is not similar to the one they speak in Lebanon for example. Or the one they speak in Syria or Dubai or Saudi. So it's different. I know I uh, oh yeah, for sure. So what about for
2: it,
0: what about you, Tuna? What language do you like to listen to even if you cannot understand?
3: Uh I like I like Spanish, too. Uh, uh, yes. Sorry, I I I'm so. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, what what I what I speak uh, mm-hmm. can't. Uh, 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 <laughs> That's okay. What what uh, what what I think. I can't speak so Mm -hmm. early, quickly, so maybe uh, uh, not, isn't, isn't right, Uh, um, I, I like, uh, isn't right answer, Uh, I like Spanish, I like Spanish too, so I, uh it is mm-hmm. so difficult.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say something like I like to listen to Spanish.
2: Yeah, that's a great way to do it. He can say e- yeah. You could say even I like Spanish. I like yeah, I like listening to Spanish. I like to listen to Spanish. But yeah for this space and especially for the English conversation space me and Amy we want to make it an open yeah and we want it to be an open practice and if you need corrections you can say correct me if you just want to practice then you can we give you space to talk so don't feel don't feel too nervous sometimes I'm nervous too so I don't want to keep saying don't be nervous don't be too nervous because our goal is to create a space for you to practice so uh, mm-hmm. if you keep practicing then you can only get better or at least feel more comfortable right so that's why we're here don't worry thank you for speaking because you know we like having speakers it- I get lonely if there's no speakers. Amy knows this.
0: (laughs) Yes, so, Tuna, did you want to um, reply to us?
3: Uh, reply to us? Uh, Sorry, I don't know, so reply to us.
0: Reply, like, did you want to say something?
3: Ah. Uh. uh <laughs> so.
0: So, would you like me to ask you the question again, and then you can answer the question again?
3: Ah. Uh, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. I have a question. <laughs> okay. I have a, I have a question. Uh. For uh. So how, how do you run? So other as a, as a language so you are you are so good good english speakers and uh, so uh so <laughs> as a as a fo- uh, foreign people so try to learn other language so how to how to do it uh you are Effective. Effectively.
2: Effectively. <laughs> Sorry. No. no worries. Do you want to go first, Amy?
0: Yes. Actually, uh, we have we have a channel that we have our uh, previous Twitter spaces on. And that was one of the topics that we went over. But basically, keep doing what you're doing. Just be on Twitter. Because, um reading like 250 characters at one time it's not overwhelming and then also maybe get onto TikTok or youtube and try to find things with subtitles so that you can listen and then you can look at the subtitles and make sure that you understand or you know like listen to it once without subtitles and then go back listen to it with subtitles and then and then go back and do that and. TikTok is good for that because it's not very long, so it's okay to like, listen to it over and over again. And then with speaking, um, you're very brave, and I commend you. Um, I went to a, sp- a Chinese space one time, and I was like, they're definitely not going to ask me to speak. And then all of a sudden I heard, like, foreigner, and does she understand? <laughs> <laughs> and then they they invited me to speak, and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> and so I was like, "I like, I don't speak, but I under- I like I like how you how, like I just <laughs> pretty pretty much we're on the same level where like I'm I'm more of a reader of Chinese. I don't really speak it, so like every time I go into their space now, they're just like, "Who is she?". And then the, the host is like, oh yeah, she just likes to listen, don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, for you, Tuna, I, it depends on what you want to do with English, or it depends on what you want to do with the new language. So like Amy said, and I wonder, Amy, can you find that post for one of our conversations I think it was our very first conversation and we talked about how to study a new language but I mean another language but um just what I will say is if you want to practice speaking or if you you want to get better at speaking there are three ways that you can do it one way is to kind of write down what you want to say and then practice reading it out loud to yourself and just get comfortable with uh your reading speed or making sentences that you want to say that's one method another method or another way is for you to talk with people like you're doing now and yes talman you have something to say
1: the fourth way is to have a girlfriend who speaks English. <laughs>
2: you, know? <laughs> you know what? That is not helpful, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> My boyfriend is Korean, and I am saying Korean, and yeah. he speaks to me in English. So this doesn't always <laughs> work. With me. Yeah, but I. He doesn't, he tries, but then he give, He stops. So he'll try to speak to me in Korean, and then after 10 or 15 minutes, he's like, Can I just use English? And I'm like, You know what? And they said that this would work, and it did not work. <laughs> but yeah, that is one way if you have a, a person who wants to use their language. <laughs> I unfortunately do not. <laughs> he, he knows this. yeah so another way so the first way is like read uh writing what you want to say in advance so what I used is I used to like literally write down questions other people might ask me and then write down how I want to answer it and then I could switch to um studying I mean then I could like try and read my answers out loud that's one way another way is for you to do what you're doing right now just practice if you're brave and if you just want to talk with other people make sure that you're comfortable with the people you practice with and you know again if you want to be corrected you can tell us that if you just want to you know give you if you want us to give you space so that you can just you know talk about what you want to say slowly or quickly, then that's another way. Um, A third way is for you to find some, uh, find the TikTok videos, like Amy said, or find short videos, and you can collect sentences that sound like what you want to say. So, for example, I like variety shows because variety shows have a lot of interviews and people speak in natural language so for me they speak in natural korean so i could see a sentence and he like see the subtitles in english and hear the sentence and i would write down the sentence in korean so i can say that sentence in the future um i don't know but those are three ways for speaking um i don't know if that helps but amy is amazing and she did exactly what i wanted her to do and there's a YouTube video right there, up there. And we talked a little bit about this big question, because this is a big question. And maybe the talk was about an hour long, was it, Amy?
0: It depends on if I pinned the correct one or not. I, I have this thing where, like, I'm able to log into different YouTube channels depending on what device I'm in. So th- that's my baby account art inspired by banned books so um i think this one was about an hour but it's the one that is about uh keeping language learning fun and the tips on how to do that
2: yeah so tuna if you have anything to say you can talk and then dr m has been waiting a long time to talk (laughs) thank you so
3: much and uh i i think uh i want to i want to do it so about you are you telling you tell me uh right now uh thank you (laughs) uh see uh i i have i have to go so see you again
2: <laughs> yeah awesome see you again see you soon we have another meeting tonight in our time tuna so tonight at 11 30 or i can't remember but uh, see you soon hope to see you many times
3: at midnight 11 11? Mm-hmm.
2: yeah in, i have in, to remember well I'm in South Korea right now, so maybe our time zones are similar. So uh, I believe it's tonight in our time. <laughs> uh, okay, I see. Uh, thank you. No problem. Have a great day. Oh, you too.
0: Nice to meet you. Bye. Dr. M, nice. what can we do for you? Oh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry for that inappropriate laughter a minute ago. Um. I appreciate you know I, I just um, clicked on or tapped on on the home screen and saw this title and I was like, hey, I learned English at 12, 13 years old and it was you know relatively very easy at that age especially being in the US and just you know being surrounded at school and everything and uh, I think I was old enough to um, to have an accent you know, that's feminine, but um... which I can't hear right so in my mind I don't have an accent but I, just, I know I do because I because other people tell me but um, I don't know you know I just popped in this space I have no expertise in linguistics but I appreciate that um, I'm sorry what's the account name speaking spades. I appreciate that um, that you speak slowly you know. Um, especially with the gentleman that was just here, so, um, yes, uh, uh, I really don't have anything to contribute, I probably should learn and listen, or listen and learn from you guys.
0: Totally fine, Uh, actually, you remind me of um, when I was in high school, the first time I went basically interstate, and, like, I don't feel like I have an accent, but, like, me in Georgia, I'm like, wow, these people have a really thick accent, but, like, to them, I'm the one with the accent, so I think, um, it's not a bad thing to have an accent.
4: Right, I mean, it is a lot of views, you know, but, um, but, you know, I, I you know, I guess some um, part of the reason, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to know, I, I know in my, you know, I know that it would be if I were to learn a new language now, it would be a lot more difficult than, you know, say when I learned English. And um, so, yeah, I mean, those, those tips that you guys, you guys were giving, tuna, I mean, the, you know, the, those make, made a lot of sense. Um, and it's cool, I never thought about it, but actually TikTok and and Twitter, these, these, um, that content comes in bytes, so it's actually... Uh, might be good. Um, but I'm also, you know, uh, I suppose it would be good. To, I, I am bilingual, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, in high school, I took a bunch of German that was never... You um, know, I took the AP exam, but I never became fluent. And now it's been many years, and I haven't used it, so... Um, I do somehow believe that, um, you know, being at an early age, uh, speaking more than one language, Um, just makes makes you more intelligent, I know that, like, in in Europe and in those places, um, people grow up, like, you know, speaking four or five different languages, so... I wish we did better with that here in the U.S.
0: Yes, I think... It's more advantageous to learn more languages when you're younger. It sets your brain up to uh, pick up that stuff quack, uh, quicker, but like all hope is not lost. Um, the, what you said about if you picked up another language now, it would be more difficult now than when you first learned English I think it depends on what language you decided to pick up because uh, like Spanish, for example, is very close to English. so it might not be as difficult. But if you wanted to like drink the, the Chinese or the Japanese tea and and start doing that, then yes, it would probably be as difficult as learning English, mostly because um, we don't have enough as t- we don't have as much time to dedicate to just language learning as as an adult, we have other things to worry about.
4: Sure, yeah. But you know, I still, yeah, right. Um, I think, you know, if you are at any age really just forced to, in the sense of like having to live in a, in a society that speaks a different language, and I mean that would kind of, you know, probably i don't know i mean i'm not a linguist here um you guys are but i feel like you would you would still learn it you know my mom learned english at starting at 60 years old and she can speak you know she can hold the conversation but if it gets technical or um if it gets to be too Um, uh, elevated language wise then she may not understand but but I think, you know, I guess I'm trying to say that, um, it's, you know, if you're in the environment, that probably, I mean, uh, to me, I don't know, you guys tell me if there is, you know, um, when I think about what is the quickest way or the most effective way to learn a new language is to be surrounded by it as in, in the, in the environment, is there, I mean, is there anything, any, anything that would beat that?
0: So like there's, two ways to effectively learn a language one is to be in a very like calm environment something that makes you very relaxed so that you can absorb it and the other is to just be super stressed <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> like it, it's 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 true though that like if if it's life or death you're going to learn but i would prefer to be in a very like calm welcoming friendly environment that puts my mind at ease and so basically the if you're if you want to communicate with people do conversations and you'll get better if you want to listen go to tiktok and listen to topics that you like to listen to <laughs> and like <Just> <laughs> don't or like go go to YouTube and, and find a video on a topic that you like. Um it's
2: to me We're it's, not sponsored, by the way. Come <laughs> this is on. Not a sponsorship. <laughs> it's that's funny.
0: Yeah. But it's like like as an adult, I want to learn things I want to learn. I'm not interested in learning topics I'm uninterested in learning so the quickest way is to just learn things that you like to learn Salman
1: yeah so today we talked about very important things but I would like to ask you uh, what are the most uh, the personalities that each language learner has to have yeah. for, me, would, for me I would say The first thing is uh, self-confident. What do you think?
2: Well, if you don't mind, Amy, this is exactly (laughs) what my space is all about. It's your time to sign. It is time for this blue uh, uh, profile picture to do its magic. But basically... I think that the key personality traits for a language learner are people who are open-minded. They have to pretty much learn, like they have to be, they have to have this self-development personality. Like they can't treat language learning as something that's separate from their lifestyle or like it's really not encouraged to treat it as something that's considered A chore or something that's considered, I only learned this in this situation, some of the best ways to become, like, to reach language goals is for us to include it in our lifestyle or find ways to make it a part of our, like, everyday habits, I guess, and not making it like a chore, like doing things that you don't like. Like Amy said, it's doing things that are interesting to you. No, not every topic will be something that's like oh i'm a hundred percent interested in it let's say if you need it for an exam or if you're doing it for college or for reasons like that but the activities that you do or the way that you uh pick up information. Those things you have complete control over. And a lot of people think that they have to go to the same systems that they had when the teacher gave them assignments or when the teacher gave them group projects. But there's so many resources out there. And the best advice to give for the best personality trait that a person should have to learn a language is to treat it like it's a part of their life journey. So I don't know a specific word for this, but what I would say is like self-reflective because every step is about like understanding what you learned, understanding what you need to work on, and then from there understanding how you want to study and understanding what the end goal is for each of these Um, study sessions you know it's a lot of reflecting and a lot of people might think that you know if you're building your speaking skills yeah you'll need confidence but if you're doing the work behind the scenes what you'll need is more of this like being able to hold yourself accountable and all of these things could kind of be summed up in being self-reflective I guess Um, so a lot of times we don't like looking at the the mistakes we made or we don't like looking at our weaknesses we really love focusing on our strengths or just basically jumping into things without being prepared sometimes but every step is like okay i did this how do i feel about it what did i do well what did i not do well and some of the best language learners have different ways to do that it's not always a consistent way to check their progress some people can do it i personally cannot i have so many notebooks that i start and i'm like okay i'm going to write in this every day and it never works but if i have four or five systems for checking my progress sometimes i use my phone sometimes i use my friend sometimes i do use a notebook and other times i do a video recording or i do an instagram story to hold myself accountable and my website in general deals with language learning styles and also the fluency thing that I mentioned which is that there's different levels to fluency. There's exam fluency, business fluency, conversational fluency, foundational fluency, just having a foundation in the grammar basics or vocab basics and so my website there's some personality quizzes and the whole reference of my website for speak in spades is like dealing with the card suits so there's four personality traits i mean four language learning styles that you could get as a result and it's like club spade diamond heart and they all have um they pull from different teaching methods and how a learner could learn best from those teaching methods so a lot of research went into it and um i also have some other resources the language workbook but a lot of it is thinking about how to reflect on your own journey not necessarily about you know some people might need confidence but even for him he's not confident in a lot of even him being or he or she or they but tuna just being able to put yourself out there is a great first step maybe it wasn't the most effective if he keeps doing it maybe it's effective in one way but what if his goal is just to translate stuff maybe this isn't the best way for him to reach that goal them to reach that goal so it's a lot of self-reflecting I guess that's my whole take on learning a language because even with each language you kind of learn a little bit more about yourself and how you want to express yourself in each language very very long explanation but hopefully there was a gem or two in what I said <laughs>
4: No, absolutely. Um, it sounds like you're an expert in this department, and um, that's awesome.
2: If I am an expert in this field, then my life journey is going in the right direction. My whole life has been related to like, learning languages, but also figuring out, one, what is the purpose, and also just how to get people to get rid of this fear that comes with learning a language. Because especially now, we're going to be pretty much one big community because of social media or just the internet connecting us. Like, very soon, having some basic level of language and culture, under, language and cultural understanding will be so important. And we have to stop treating it as something that only people with a certain mindset or only people with certain traits can do. Anyone can do it, but we have to train ourselves in a different way to be able to reach these goals in our head. And it doesn't always have to be, I am fluent in all four of the big skills. Some people can really shine by doing passive learning or, you know, there's, there's a lot, but that's why me and Amy are here. I just love hearing how other people think so it can improve my platform and also Amy's platform to hopefully kind of reach to reach more people for, hey, you can do it. It's not easy. And trust me, there are times I want to throw all of my resources out of the window. But you know, you just live and learn kind of vibe. But it, it means a lot to me. If I sound like an expert, then that means that I'm doing well.
4: <laughs> no, I mean, to, to to you know, to to me, who's an who's not uh, an expert at all in in linguistics, uh, of course. I mean, if you're not an expert, then I don't know who is. But um, I know Amy wanted to speak, but I just quickly wanted to say that uh, you know the, the point you made about um, the fears. You know, I remember I was 13 years old and for months, you know, in eighth grade, I didn't talk, you know, I was, I think part of it was that, um, that age, you know, where I was just like, uh, going through puberty and like being ultra self-conscious, but I remember for the longest time, I didn't, I wouldn't say anything on this absolutely required or that the teacher asked me a question because I had this fear of like, well, what would I sound like, you know, and I didn't want to, um, as if, like, as if it's avoidable to not talk, you know, so it was a strange experience. And, yeah, that fear, I mean, that's, that's kind of, um, uh, I see, I mean, you know, being a person, a first-generation immigrant here, I see it in a lot of, um, in a lot of other immigrants, too, you know.
0: It's better to listen at first anyway. It helps. It helps, it just does. Um, so, I'm not sure if uh, Speak in Spades, Tiara, she um, explained that her platform is actually an unstructured language bootcamp. So, uh, that's what she does. And for myself, I, Glot Squad is a language learning platform that helps uh, elementary. To advanced language learners um, become better at their language. It basically creates guardrails to language learning. And your question, Salman, was like, what is important personality wise? I think just wanting to learn a language, like, if there's a will, there's a way. So, um, like, it's helpful if you are self-reflective. It'll, you'll be more efficient. But, um, it like, I feel if you want to do it, you really will find a way to get to the fluency that you wish to be at. To quote the great... Oh, it's,
2: it's about drive, uh, it's about power. Uh, we we'll stay uh, home. But wait,
1: the the <laughs> uh, what do you think about... Uh another space and the title is how uh, we can use technology to enhance language learn i believe it's an interesting topic what do you think
2: if you like it i love it that is definitely something that i'm interested in after you said it so (laughs) i'm already
1: (laughs) i had that course about you know the same topic they think yeah we can do a lot I've written two reports about technologies that could improve your learning. Um, Sa-
4: Salman, I think I think that's um that's amazing. There is um quite quite a bit of technology that that does help with that, including the Amy and um and speaking space platforms. Um, you know, um, uh, but um definitely to not use. I mean the. the to not use technology would be a disadvantage, just because, um, just because it makes it so much easier. You know, my uh, my nieces uh, all of a sudden started texting to my my parents in Farsi. You know, my native language, and and I I, I learned that oh wow well, they're they're using Google Translate. You know, to just like translate what she types back to them. You know, in Google Translate, and then also typing what they want to tell her in google translate and then just copy pasting it into the into a text message
1: and um that was yeah, interesting. yeah but i was not talking about google translation for sure so, Ami, of course yeah yeah amy mentioned uh, tiktok as uh, i mean to improve the le- the lesson skill so this is an example of a good use of technology to enhance language learning but yeah, good translation is a machine translation, to it's not acceptable too. Well, yeah, I mean you can still um learn a, a a lot,
4: right? So like in the beginning when you learn a language, like you could um and you're not sure how to say it, how how like um you know the a sentence structure would be, you could just you know like um you know type type in like the sentence in Google Translate and see what it is, or like you know in the case of like german where the words have like they can be you know male female or neuter you can i mean there's it's definitely um uh there's i mean definitely google transit actually would help tremendously learning any language right because um to like the alternative before that would have been to i don't know look up in a dictionary actually there wasn't any alternative before that right because there would have been no way for you to like just so quickly within a split second figure out how to say i'm going to get mcdonald's like in a different language whereas now you can you can do it so you know so um but yeah uh but you're right i mean this wasn't but um that these ladies were talking about but um uh, i just uh, quick i know i know it's at the very beginning of this conversation i didn't want to just be rude and pop off the room so i wanted to quickly say yeah uh, uh goodbye to you folks and that hopefully i'll catch you again it's 11 5 p.m and i have to get an early start so thank you <laughs> and nice and nice to meet you and nice to meet you salman and uh Art inspired by band books. Um, your account is very intriguing, um, and <laughs> hope to catch you guys again next time. And thank you.
2: Thank you so yes. much. Yeah, thank you so much. And just a teaser for next week. I'm going to open it as long as Amy is okay with it, and make it more broad. So language learning in 2022 kind of vibe language learning in the 2020s so this way it could talk about both things like Google Translate or TikTok social media or apps and you know we can make that conversation as broad as it needs to be and see how people interpret that topic because I think it'll be really cool so great to see you Dr. M and next week we usually start at 9.30pm in Eastern Standard Time because for me it's 11 uh, 30 a.m the next day but yeah please come as many times as you want um i think in general me and amy are closing this conversation too um so my last words before we have our morning chat um in uh eastern standard time uh come, we have two uh, meetings twice, uh, we have two meetings a week, and one is for English conversation, the other one is for talking about these deeper topics related to language learning and linguistics, and yeah, it's always a great, great thing to see more people listen to us, because, you know, we're we're really nerds, we really love this stuff, and we want to see people succeed in this field, and I'm just I'm always inspired by these conversations to do better in my field and also to learn more about how I can be of better help for others and so it's always great to hear from you and it would mean the world to us if you keep coming to help us with these conversations some of them are harder than others or just showing support when you can and um yeah just a humbling experience every week so thank you and if amy has anything to say i'm muting myself
0: yes i actually have a specific maybe it should be offline question but are you hosting the space tomorrow or am i
2: ah you are the hosting professional and i am the co-hosting professional i am the moral support <laughs> That's what I am. okay
0: okay that sounds good and um yeah you would promise me a different that You made me promise that next week would be a different topic, but I am 100% okay with changing the topic. But my conclusion for today's was, uh, yes, you can become fluent. Maybe not native speaker, but no one should be putting themselves under that kind of pressure anyway. So have a good night and uh, wave to everybody in the room and we will um, close the space. Have a good night.